Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica. I will be your host today as we talk about Doctor Who Season 11. With me today, we have two very special guests, Taylor Dethridge and Kristen Chavez. Taylor is the geek community's jack-of-all-trades. She is a geek fashionista, cosplayer, designer, and creator who works with both Alien Entertainment Store and Chicago TARDIS. She has her own nerdy and accessory shop called Logan Arch, and somehow she still has time to be a published author on several collaborative works, bouncing around from convention to convention and trying to keep up with her favorite fandoms Taylor is definitely living that geek girl dream. Kristen is one half of the Your Biggest Fangirl podcast. She thinks that being a fan is about accepting every strong emotion that comes with the things you love. And as a Whovian, she is no stranger to strong emotions. Her current fandoms include Star Wars, Parks and Rec, and Hamilton. Previously on our podcast, we had Taylor and Kristen on individually to talk with us about our mutual love of Doctor Who. We discussed the first episode of the season and also our general enthusiasm for Jodie Whittaker being cast as the new Doctor. We're now at the end of season 11, which was Jodie Whittaker's groundbreaking first season. We've invited both Taylor and Kristen back tonight to share and discuss their thoughts on season 11. Yay, thank you guys for coming on. And um, so just general spoiler warning for anybody that's listening, we are going to be talking about the entirety of season 11 from uh, the episode of Do- from the <laughs> season of Doctor Who. So if you have not watched the episode, you've been warned, stop, go watch, you know, all the episodes, come back and listen. But there are plenty of spoilers, spoilers, everything. We get to talk about everything at this point on. So spoiler warning. Um, so let's just get the big one out of the way. What did you guys think of the New Year's episode? What were your biggest likes and dislikes of the episode? So I thought I unwisely went to read comments that people made online about this episode um, while it was airing, after it aired, as you shouldn't do sometimes with this series in particular, but I do it anyway just to kind of see what people are thinking because you're curious. And I I didn't hate any of the episode. I thought the uh, tidbits of it that uh, people referred to online, I saw repeatedly as family drama or emotional drama was actually a really multidimensional piece to the story that would give the characters more, you know, to love about them, more to um, relate to them, which uh, this season has been an amazing story with those characters. Uh, I'm, I'm in love with Team TARDIS, the fam, and I can only want more of them. I am nodding along with like everything that you said. <laughs> um, because honestly, like that was my favorite part about um, the, the New Year's episode as well. Um, I felt a little bit towards like the second half of season 11. Um, we didn't get as much like Ryan's story. And it, it this was like some of his best or probably his best of the season. Just like his interactions with his dad and knowing how far he's come with Graham and like it was just so beautiful and everything that I wanted, but I also loved that, um, you know, because we, we've gone through the season with the expectations of Ryan's father and what to expect. 
that he was still a really nuanced character that like you kind of you understood him from certain points, but you could see what you could see his failings. But you could also see that, like, in a way, he's trying and he does try to want to mend that relationship. And where does Ryan stand on that? And where does Graham stand on that? Um that was some of my favorite part about this episode, my favorite parts about this episode. And I just love how it all came together because I think, like you said, this is something that the season has done really well is these characters and their development. So I'm excited to see more of that later on too. Absolutely. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this season was the fact that I, well, well about this, at least the new year's episode was that like everybody was so clever and so smart and like you didn't really see like the doctor doing a lot of like talking down to anybody where like you really like you know the doctor knew like her her limits knew what she can do and was really honest with everybody and told everybody this is what's going on this is what's going on and when things were moving too fast like it was like okay explain to the archaeologist what's going on and you know I gotta do this you know And I really, really loved that uh, the doctor was like such a like, I can't do this by myself right now. I have to go get help and then tries to call unit for help. Right. And then afterwards, she's Mm -hmm. like, okay, crap, we're on our own. Like, we have to handle this by ourselves. (laughs) But like, I love the fact that she wasn't full of herself enough to like not call unit because usually it's unit looking for the doctor, you know. But this time it was the doctor going, okay, I can't do this alone. And then, like, when she confronts the Dalek and she says, um, you know, she tells them, like, you know, I'm always going to be in your way and I'm backed by the best of humanity. Like, she gives, like, this respect to, like, her, you know, she doesn't even call them companions anymore. They're, like, friends, you know, her fam. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, the she fam. Gives, yeah, she gives so much respect <laughs> to the people around her. And she's, like, and she never says, like, you know, I'm the only one doing this. I'm here, but I have backup. Like, and I love that about this episode. Mm-hmm. And it also echoed a lot during the season, I thought. Yeah, um, absolutely. What was your guys' favorite episode of season 11 and why? Oh. Mm-hmm. You have? I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I have a few that I really liked. Like, I, they're all my favorite. Not all the episodes, but there's like three of them that I enjoyed above the others. I would say Kerblam was one of them. Uh, Witchfinders was one of them. And uh, I actually think the New Year's episode is probably the third one. It probably rounds that out really well. Just because of the, we were talking about the emotional payoff of, you know, the the character development that we were just discussing, you finally get to see Ryan encounter some of these things that I sort of knew we were going to eventually see, like, at the premiere. I fully anticipated for his background to more fully flesh itself out as we went on, because there's a lot of story there. Um, You know, with with his grandmother, with Graham, I thought that was a great payoff to build to the next season, what that means, whatever that is. And I just thought Kerblam was a really well-rounded episode, which Finders was a really well-rounded episode. Um, yeah. Plus anything that has historic, <laughs> well-rounded historical stories like Witchfinders, I'm going to like that in the first place. I think throughout at least 
specifically the new series of Doctor Who. I've had a lot of uh, episodes that are my favorites just because they have that foundation in such a solid historical basis. And then off of that, you get this great story. They tell you something funny about why something was happening because of some alien presence. And it kind of winks at the events of history and goes, well, what if this happened because of aliens? And we all think, I feel like a lot of people who are in the fandom think that's clever and cute and we all enjoy it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to list a couple of my favorites too, because I can't just pick just one. And two of them are very history based. So I really loved Rosa, um, just the whole U S civil rights movement and, you know, seeing how it mirrors today. Um, of course, um, but also like being American and kind of understanding all understanding some of that history already, but also still learning something new. Um, that was really great. Um, and I also uh, I also really, really love the demons of Punjab because it was that was a history that I wasn't as familiar with. You know, you don't necessarily learn about um you know, the British and India colonialism and everything and American high schools and and colleges, unless you choose to study that. Um, And and so it was really interesting to see that from a really personal standpoint in um, Yas's character. And it was just really emotional. And I love the, the kind of ongoing theme throughout the season as well about, you know, it's not necessarily the aliens. (laughs) causing the trouble. It is humanity. What is the problem with humanity? And I just loved her. Um, I love the doctor's interaction with the, um, that alien race, which is, um, I'm losing in my mind right now what the name was, but, um, just seeing like the, the bearing witness aspect of it. I just thought that there was something interesting, um, like a nice parallel to like the doctor herself, like when to interfere, when not to. Um, so I really loved that. And I also really liked the um, the penultimate um, episode with They Take You Away. I just really liked, again, like that very human essence of a story. Um, and I just liked the idea of a sentient universe. And, of course, the Doctor would become friends with it. So. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's funny because, like, to me, I really felt like Grace was, like, a constant companion. Because even when you didn't see mm-hmm. her, you there was like flashbacks to her or they were mentions to Mm -hmm. her all the time. So even though Grace dies, like our first season, I felt like she was a constant like character throughout the season. And Mm -hmm. I really liked, and I really did enjoy it takes you away because I felt like that kind of wrapped up Graham and Grace's story where he finally was able to kind of like get that last look, let go and like be able to kind of move on because before that, like Mm -hmm. it was always like, Oh, you know, Grace would have loved it. Grace would have this. Grace would have that. You know, that kind of thing. And it also mm-hmm. was the moment where, like, Ryan finally gave in and was like, look, granddad, you know, and then gave him that, like, yeah. that, that love and that respect that, you know, Graham has been wanting from Ryan for for a long time. And it was well earned as well. You know, it wasn't just, mm-hmm. like, given to him, you know. But um, I think some of my favorite episodes were, like, the Saranga conundrum. <laughs> And I just thought mm-hmm. it was so silly and kind of cute and fun and fast paced and the characters were interesting. And like, I I really, really loved that episode, which is funny because I know that a lot of people had trouble with that episode and had like 
a really hard time with that episode, but I really enjoyed it. I Which I don't understand. I, don't I really enjoyed I thought it was so much fun. And when I got it, you know, after watching it, I was like, oh, that was fun. That was cute. The only thing in that episode that was kind of off to me was the android wouldn't have gotten hurt if it touched it. So why didn't they utilize the, the android for that? But other than that, like, oh. I really, really liked the episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think Kerblam was definitely one of my favorites. Yes. Resolution. And I I also really like the woman who fell to earth. Like, I mean. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, there so many good, for me, I felt like there was a lot of really good episodes. Um, so I definitely think that um, Resolution, uh, Conundrum, and then like Rosa and the woman who fell to earth were the ones that really had me like kind of hooked and I was like man this is fun you know it's the Doctor Who that you love or at least for me mm-hmm. everybody has their their different tastes um now was there any episodes that were your least favorite oh I can't say that I really disliked any of them honestly they all have and see it's funny because you guys when I'm hearing you talk about this I'm thinking about how much this season really has an overall overall arc that is fairly strong for it being underplayed, right? So we have like the instance of um, Grace, right? She's kind of that thread, like you were saying, that runs underneath the whole story. There's a lot of pieces going on in these people's lives and the lives of all these people that are also meeting at the same time. So the fact that it's so cohesive, where we've spent the past, you know, several seasons when, you know, Matt Smith was wrapping up, and we even see this with Capaldi, you know, several times, Moffat had that tendency to kind of jump around, where something would happen, and there'd be this big block of time where you wouldn't see what they were doing at all. The doctor would leave, and he would come back to his companions, and maybe six or eight months had passed, and some stuff was going on in their lives we didn't see. That really wasn't happening in this season, and I think appreciating all of it together as this, you know, puzzle pieces that all add up. I think on the, like rewatching this series as well for some people is going to be really eye opening, very valuable to them. So in that case, I can't say I hate any of it. I just, I think it all has a lot of value, especially when you put it together. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you make a really great point about, the, the arc that this takes. I, I as you as you're talking through that, I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense because I do think that the arc for this series that this season has is mostly character. It's all about character development. I think it's a character first with its um, driving season arc, whereas before, and again, this isn't necessarily wrong in any way, um, but it was more of like a plot hook arc. That it was like, what is the crack? What is the silence? That sort of thing. And I really enjoyed that too. And when I first watched the season, I was almost looking for those sort of like plot hook arcs, like Tim Shaw, seeing him right. come up again. Yeah, but it was also like, no, but what is, you know, what are the relationships between these characters? How are they growing and stuff like that? And I think that has been the driving force. And I think that's what helps make some of its episodes so strong that it may not be like, in some ways, like I mean, there are some episodes that I liked more than others, but again, I don't think I like disliked anything strongly. Um, because at first when I was watching, like reflecting on the season as a whole, I was like, it wasn't 
it, in a way, it didn't feel like the strongest season in the sense that like, oh, I I saw like this particular plot thread all the way through. And that's what I really enjoyed. I liked looking back again and listening to hear talk. I like that it was subtle in that respect and that the focus was on characters, especially since we have to get to know four different people. So, yeah, that was really interesting. And I totally agree with all of with both of you on that in that like um like even for ryan i know you mentioned that like ryan's moment and resolution was like really strong and like a really big deal but he, he had been growing to that and you could see it in like the sanangra conundrum where like he's talking to the pregnant guy and he's like wow i can't believe like he's so young and he's having a baby i don't know how he does it and he starts talking about his dad and like every episode or so you hear like like in it takes you away he starts seeing like you know mm-hmm. where the dad ditches the daughter and he starts to understand like wow like some people really can't cope or some people have like different coping mechanisms and they're not necessarily meant to inflict pain but they can and then when you see resolution mm-hmm. and here's his dad like you know kind of admitting to all that and saying look I made mistakes and I failed at life and so it's these like really subtle like story arcs you know and for Yaz like when you watch like the woman who fell to earth she comes in and she's just totally dissatisfied with like her job she comes from a fairly mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. family with like you know they're united just like your average happy family that like gets on each other's nerves kind of thing you know but like when you see her it's just her her issue is that she's not being challenged enough she's bored she doesn't want to do parking disputes and like the doctor really gives her this chance to kind of like you know fly away and um you know you see like but you also see like even though she's very go-getter you see her compassion like in Kerblam when she wants to go back and like talk to that guy's daughter and tell her that her dad cared mm-hmm. yeah. about her and stuff like that. And before the doctor was very like, uh, nope, we're just leaving. You know, we're going to leave the mess. But like this one, there's a lot more humanity to it. And like even like her yeah. wanting to mm-hmm. get to know her roots with her with her grandmother and, and asking the doctor. And usually the doctor would be like, heck no, you know, but like the doctor <laughs> I'm a little true. bit more like <laughs> a little kinder, you know. Like, maybe the words that Capaldi mm-hmm. said, the be kind, kind of really did stick with this doctor, because this doctor does seem a lot kind. I do think that. I really think yeah. that that has been, like, a driving force for this regeneration, is the whole be kind and really taking that to heart. Yeah, and I really, the only episode that I kind of was like, all right, it wasn't, like, the super best, was the finale, the Battle of Ranscore of Kalos or however you say it because I know I got that wrong <laughs> but That's that one okay. <laughs> the only thing that um like the only thing I didn't really like feel okay about with that one was that the doctor started handing out weapons to like the different oh, companions yeah. and I know that mm. she was trying to like protect them but it was a little off-putting for this doctor like I was just like wait why are you handing your like friends like <laughs> grenade like that's not how the doctor rolls but like and then you know I was just like okay it must be really bad if the doctor had to hand out weapons you know so that was the only one that I was kind of like weird about because like once I saw that it stuck with me the whole episode and so I couldn't shake Mm. it so I didn't like hate the episode or anything but I didn't like it as much as some of the others yeah I could see that yeah Yeah. um so 
quirky moments because Doctor Who has tons of quirky moments in its history. It's pretty much a quirky show. What do you think was the quirkiest moment of the season? Okay, so when I saw this question, I was like, I think I know what I'm going to bring up. There's been a video that's being passed around, and you guys might have seen this, but some people I think Monica and I might know mutually, personally, have posted this on their Facebooks. But there's like a video of all of the face scrunches of Jodie Whittaker from the whole season. <laughs> so that's, that's it's my favorite thing right now. And that's, that's the quirky moment. It's all of that. It's the whole video. It's called 13th Doctor Scrunch Counter. Wow. <laughs> and it's I love beautiful. That. Wow. So that. I love it. Um, that That is not what I was thinking, but honestly, I think that might have to win. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, she has, like, the best facial she expressions. She really does. She's very little kid. like, aww. Oh, I was rewatching The Woman yeah. Who Fell to Earth, and there's a moment yeah. where she's like, can I turn on the sirens? And Diaz is like, no. And she's like, oh. <laughs> like, there's face like, wow. just, It's like a full-on power. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy, too, because the times I've seen Jodi, like, in person, right, she is really like that. Like, I do believe when she makes these facial expressions, she's just herself. Like, she is obviously more as the doctor, but the facial expression pieces are all herself. And she made a comment to it, a different, one of the things, this is all around New York Comic Con. The second thing I saw her at, she was making comments about, um, you know, I let the the grownups take care of that, or I let the grownups do this. And I was like, no, I'm. this is why I relate, because I'm a very, like, goofy person who takes nothing seriously, even though people would be very surprised by that in some way. And so I just think it's very funny. It's very quintessentially the doctor, but it's also, you know, I get why they cast her and all that stuff. That aside, I that is my the scrunch counter is my is that the answer for me there. That's so cute. I love. It. Um, I don't. I I kind of want to say that too. Although, like my first thought was probably some of the moments in um, the woman who fell to earth. Like I, I guess it's just a lot of her reactions to things. Um, like I just love the moment when she jumps from the crane. And it's like this beautiful epic moment and she misses, <laughs> and she's hanging on and she's like, these legs used to be longer. <laughs> like That is like, oh, I'm shorter now, aren't I? Um, and then her just like getting her new clothes for the first time. And she's like, what do you think? Like, yeah, just all of all of 13's reactions and expressions. Yeah, I loved when uh, she comes out and Yaz is like, that's what you're going with. <laughs> yes and then being like yes yes and you're paying for it yeah. too <laughs> yeah like i don't have any money so oh my <laughs> thanks uh she's not very liquid huh so i think for me the quirkiest moment was the frog on the chair and it takes you away oh and, yeah oh yes and i get that it was like supposed to be like a really sweet moment and something that grace like you know she took the the consciousness takes the form of something that grace you know, liked and it gave her pleasure. But to me, it was just so funny when I saw the frog and I couldn't stop laughing and it was cute and I loved it. <laughs> but like, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have because I was just like, oh my God, it's a frog. And I just kept laughing and I thought it was so <laughs> cute. And like, after that, like all the memes that came out with Kermit the Frog and like all this kind of stuff. And I just, I really thought that was super quirky and super cute. And I just totally liked it. 
It was a lot of fun. That was like quintessential Doctor Who. Right? Like, so random. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. So were there any moments throughout the season that really resonated with you? Whether it was moments where you felt really strongly about either like in a positive or negative. I would, oh my goodness. I would say there's, I mean, there's a lot of personally emotional moments with these characters. Like you were talking about Ryan and his grief and the ability to like handle something. And that's something personally that resonates with me. Um, And I could go into that, but I will say Rosa and Demons of Punjab, that resonates anyway, because I think as much as Rosa uh, is the, like, the the school narrative they give you uh, of, like, Rosa Parks, because the whole, like, civil rights movement thing where they put her on the bus and then that happened unfolded in a very different way than people, like, know about so uh but they chose to like stick to this good thing but the end where you know they're on the bus and they can't get off that whole thing is very that whole thing was very moving because there's it's like there's nothing you can really do to make it any better or worse you just have to kind of be with that and that was a an interesting thing um to maybe like the message to give to people that are unfamiliar with what happened in that situation. So, you know, namely people in the UK. Uh, And then I would say uh, Demons of the Punjab because uh, I'm a very big nerd when it comes to like genealogy and connecting with the people in your past and why they're significant and where you come from. And so seeing that with Yaz and her storyline and her journey, and that was very emotional to me. And then the Ryan thing, we were talking about handling, you know, the different ways you handle certain things when your life is incredibly difficult. Um, and sometimes you're asking yourself, you know, I can handle all this. Why can't this person, as you were saying before, that's a really, um, it was an introspective thing for me. I didn't expect to relate to Ryan as much as I did at the end of the season. He, at the beginning, I would have never anticipated that at all. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think I have to agree again and kind of copy some of your points again. Um, because yeah, I just, I really loved again, like Ryan's, what I really loved and appreciated and I guess saw the connection to was, um, like the difference in grief between, um, Ryan and Graham, um, Mm -hmm. seeing how they kind of processed, um, Grace's death differently and you see you, you start to see Ryan processing it like before Graham I think in the very first episode that he's like I'm going out there for you that it's like he he's taking it in a very different way and but it's still like just the idea of family for him about you know who his family is you know he's part of you know Team TARDIS is also a fam and I think that's very a very important um, uh parallel and word choice that the doctor is using that I do think they all see each other as a family now. Um, and, and again, seeing his uh, discussion with his father and him coming to terms with all of that was fantastic. And again with Yaz, because it's, it's, it's all these themes about family and with her meeting this man who is not her grandfather and who is not supposed to be right. because if they get married and they have a family, like she ceases right. to exist. Like what, like what, like, like there's a lot of like inner tor- turmoil there that it's like, 
I really like you, but this is, this is not what my history should be. Like, what do I do? And like seeing her like crying at the wedding because knowing what it would have meant for her grandmother, but knowing something's going to happen. Um, Oh God, that was like, and then even just with the final shot at the end, when the, the team turns away as the, again, those two aliens bear witness to Mm -hmm. his death. Um, just that when you hear the shot and you see the doctor's wince was just, it was so totally the doctor as well that it, she felt that, you know, Yaz is feeling it as well, but the doctor in particular felt that she is, I I think they're all becoming a family and that's something they're all feeling and taking to heart. Oh, my heart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you lay it out like that. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So many feels. Oh man. I think um, you you guys – oh, man, totally, like, leaving me mind-blown right now because, like, you're so right. You're so right about all of this. I think for me one of the things that, like, the moment that really kind of stood out was, like, the first episode. And this is when I really began to think that, like, Jodi was kind of, like, my doctor was when she's on on the crane thing with Tim Shaw. And she's telling him, like, you know, you don't have to do what you think you're doing, you know. And she tells him, you know, you can, you know, you can honor, you can change and still honor who you've been. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you know, Mm -hmm. when she says things like that, I really think, like, this season was a lot about honoring, like, maybe in, like, a subliminal sense, like, old who, like, versus you know, knew who or whatever, or just honoring like your past in general, because obviously like we talked a lot about like the family ties and, and Yaz's, you know, connection to her, to her own history and what, you know, Ryan's going through and Graham, but also like the doctor, you know, she's stuck around so much this season. So at the end of the first season, I was sorry, the, the end of the first episode, she didn't just leave after Grace died. She stayed for the mm-hmm. funeral. You know, obviously she didn't have her TARDIS, but she still stayed. And she talks about, like, I Mm -hmm. carry them with me. Like, when, you know, she talks about dealing with, like, with grief and stuff. And a lot of that is, like, I relate it to, like, you know how they always say, like, oh, well, Disney kills all the, like, you know, the character's (laughs) parents or whatever, right? (laughs) But, But in a way, it's like, you know, yeah, but they're teaching you that if this character could have the worst case situation, which which is lose the person they love the most, right? But can mm-hmm. continue on, so can you. And that's what's inspiring about, that is. about mm-hmm. those kind of scenarios. And it's the same thing. Like, they all lost Grace right away. And, but the doctor's mm-hmm. like, but, you know, we can honor that and still move on and still carry on. And nobody has lost as much as the doctor has. You know, yeah. how many thousands yeah. of years, how many you know, a whole planet, a whole this, you know, it's just the doctor has lost so much. And I feel like that's where it kind of like those moments in the first episode really were the ones that kind of like stuck Mm -hmm. out to me as like, it really resonated where Mm -hmm. it's like, you can go through some really bad stuff and terrible things can happen to you, whether it's your fault or nobody's fault, but you could still move on and things can still be okay. And you can honor Mm -hmm. it. It's like you're not cheating on your past because you're moving forward to the future, if that makes sense. But those are the moments that resonated. No, I like that. 
Yeah. That's a great I like That's a great way. That is a great way of putting it. Because I think, yeah, that is, they were very clear about how they wanted to set all this up and how they wanted to present her and how she was coming across. At least I thought so. And yeah, I think it's quite strong. You make a a really good point there. You guys have both talked a lot about Ryan, Mm -hmm. but um, who was your favorite companion (laughs) for this season and why? Oh my God. Um, I don't know if I can pick a favorite. I think that again, going back to the character development points that we were all making, I think it serves the show well that I can't pick a favorite character. They did, in my opinion, they did their job that they have all been nuanced to a point where I like them all for different reasons. Now, if I have to pick one, I'd say the doctor because I'm like, you know, in love with Jodie Whittaker anyway. So why, <laughs> why not? But um, yeah, I I just think that they all serve a great purpose. They all deserve to be there. They all have a, a role in Team TARDIS in this new chapter of Doctor Who that they have written and have set up for us. And I'm really excited to see where they take the characters in Series 12 because there's so much potential in this situation. Absolutely. I, again, I totally agree. Um, I really can't, I, I don't think I can pick one because I just, I love them all so much. And I, I think it like, it, it's so balanced throughout the season that like, you know, of course, like say the demons of Pajam, that was more of a Yaz centric episode. So I was like, Oh my God, Yaz is my favorite. And then another episode comes out and it's a little bit more with Ryan. I was like, but Ryan's my favorite. So I just really loved that. Like they all had their moments to shine. And so it was able, you were able to fall in love with each one again for like different reasons and um, at, at different points. And so I think that, I don't know if they all just kind of rise up together. There's no, I, I don't think I could pick one. Rise up is a good way to say it. I like that. Mm-hmm. Especially because the Rosa Parks episode, isn't that the name of the song they played at the end? Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking something else. But I, I, I just I'm like the Rise Up. I'm bad at music. I, I just like the Rise Up theme. I think it is that. I think it yeah, is No, it was that. great. I feel like it is. We'll have to Google yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone fact check that Someone fact check it, yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite companion is going to be Graham because there is just something about that man (laughs) that just pulled at my heartstrings. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was just like, you know, just, I, I think for me personally, I like loved him because, you know, I'm, I don't know, maybe I saw a little bit of like my family in the whole Ryan and Graham thing, but I came from a family where like, um, I've been with my stepdad since I was like eight years old. And to me, he's like my dad. Like you can't convince me otherwise that anybody's my dad other than my stepdad, because he took somebody who wasn't his own and loved me unconditionally, you know, and just loved me and my sister and even though we weren't his actual children and the way he just loves on Ryan, because technically Ryan is not his responsibility. That was his wife's grandkid. The wife's dead. He has no obligation to Ryan whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but not one second did you ever feel that because like Graham was just there, you know? And like, um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, you guys are, you two are obviously familiar with Nate, Mm-hmm. And Nate is my oldest son's stepfather, and he's been with him since he was five. And since the day we, I think 
probably about three dates in, he was insistent on meeting my son. And I was like, no, like, it's so soon. Right. And he was like, but, no. but he was like, no, he's like, I don't know if I want a long term relationship with you if I don't know what kind of mom you are. Right. And after that, every <laughs> single date we ever had was with my son. And, you know, we became this very tight knit family. And so seeing Graham was just kind of seeing like this part of my family. And I just was so connected to Graham's character and the relationship he had with Ryan and just seeing them like grow and bond because like it might be easy when they're kids, but for two grown men to show that much emotion and that much character and to bond the way that they did, I freaking love that. And I think Graham's my favorite, but really the relationship between Graham and Ryan. Yeah. I think for me, I think Graham kind of like surprised me the most because I think when I first saw like the lineup of the companions, I was like, (laughs) who's this guy? Like, I mean, we're used to having like the young companions. I mean, like, is he going to be like a bumbling worry type of like grandpa character or, you know, like I I didn't know what to expect from him. And, you know, he gets some of his bumbling moments, like, snacks, which I think is Let me just cut in really quick, but in the resolution, when he calls the doctor Please. and he's like, you better come get me. Yeah. I was dying. Yes. I was like, Graham, you gonna... he's like, hurry up and come back and get me. <laughs> like, this is awkward and oh I want to be having fun right now. Um, yeah. He, he kind of surprised me the most because I think it was like the relationship with, with Ryan. And I, I kind of want him to have a little, some more moments with Yaz too, to be like, you know what? I'm going to adopt you as part of my family. Like, let's just oh. make it all official. You know, That's so in in so. the episode of um, Demons of Punjab, he does have that moment with yeah. with Yaz. Yes. That's so sweet. Like I, I love, love that. It. I love that. So yeah. That's my boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Love so it. apparently we really love the season, huh? Yeah. So I think favorite no. moments. <laughs> How can you tell? <laughs> so favorite moments from the season. Oh my god. Um, I would say a lot of uh the, I don't know if it's favorite moments, but things I saw pay off. So things I thought in the first episode I would want to see pay off, and they did by the end. So we were talking about how Graham surprised you. I had hoped that that is how he would evolve, only because Bradley Walsh is an actor. I feel like they would not have cast him based on who he is in the UK if they weren't going to do something like really well developed with his character. So I was hoping that we would see that. I didn't know where they were going to go with it, but I was hoping we would see that, and that was very fulfilling to me. It was it was all it pushed all the buttons I wanted push. Um, Jody never stopped having her effervescence, right? Her brightness, her excitement, um, like the new, her new, the attitude that she has, everything is new, everything is bright, exciting, even in the worst moments. That's how she feels. Like it makes you feel that way with her. Like we're always hopeful and we're going somewhere and we're not going to be, you know, stuck here and we're not going to die everything's going to be fine and I actually believe you <laughs> and right, we're all right, good here right. um and then you know the idea of them becoming a family like we were saying I felt like in the beginning if you're going to have a team harness even in the classic series a lot of them do end up kind of being 
um, sort of a family. Like you see jokes about it or the characters will actually, you know, refer to each other like that. Or I'm thinking right off the top of my head, like Nissa and Tegan and Adric, right? Nissa and Tegan treat Adric like he's their little brother all the time in classic two. It's very funny. And uh-huh. Absolutely. And even you, you've already seen the family with River and Rory exactly. and Amy, who are actual family. Mm-hmm. But then you see, like, um, you know, even with Donna, she had Wilfred and her mom there. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And, like, Wilfred knows about the Doctor. And there's a lot of family ties in Doctor Who, which are really, really nice. And even the Doctor and the Master. Like, you see it the most in, like, season 10, like, mm. even with all these character development, where he doesn't know who yes. he is. He's mean and grumpy. Right. But towards <laughs> the end, when he's with when he's with Bill yeah. and he's telling Bill about like, you know, the master when they were children and they were, you know, running around on the planet and how much, you know, this person means to him. And Bill's like really weary. He's like, I don't know. But like, you can see the doctor like trying so hard, yeah. you know, at least, mm-hmm. you know, like to, and for him, that's his connection. Like, you know, this time Lord is so special to him for so many different reasons. That's his family. And I feel like you always kind of see that in Doctor Who. I agree. That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. And then just the fact that we don't forget about Grace, right? One of the fears I did have in the first uh, yes. episode was that I don't want to say her character would be a waste, but that we weren't, that it wasn't going to flush its way out to have any benefit to the other characters. So, I mean, going into the episode, you knew she wasn't going to make it out of that episode because we didn't see her anywhere else. And I felt like if they left her alive. It would be mm-hmm. kind of like a repeat of a Jackie Tyler situation, which we knew Chris Chibnall was trying to make everything new and different. So I was like, I think this is going to end badly. And it did, unfortunately. But I was very <laughs> much hoping yeah, that her character yeah. would not be a waste, that we would not, she wouldn't be limited to just that moment of us seeing her die and then being an afterthought. And that was incredibly wonderful to see that actually fleshed out, mean something to the characters, grow with the characters, having that as an underlying theme with the characters where they bonded more strongly to each other, bonded more strongly to their point in the story, that that was a really big payoff. Absolutely. Yeah. Just Grace's overall presence throughout the, the, the season that, she no, wasn't forgotten no. by any of them. Um, that was, yeah, it was so incredibly important because I think, you know, it, it's easy for them to suddenly like not mention her as often. And I do think while I think Ryan and Graham's growth in relation to her death um, is mostly, I think most will mostly be contained in this season um, because it's the most fresh. I, I, I do hope. And I, I don't think that they would like just again simply forget about right. her next season. You know, I, I imagine that there will be some occasional moments again, like oh, Grace would have loved this, or like oh yeah, Grant said that once. You know, like those kinds of things that she's still gonna be part of the family even if she's not right. you know physically there anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just just great. Can Grace <laughs> just be a whole moment because <laughs> she's one of my favorites? Um, yeah, like. I think another one would have to be for me, um, again, back in the first episode, the doctor making her screwdriver. I just loved how um, how all that just came together, that she's like, all right, I got nothing else. Let me try to make this work. And I think that kind of speaks 
to the 13th doctor is that like, I'm going to make this work. I have, these are the resources I have. These are, this is the problem I'm facing. What am I going to do? Um, she has this sort of confidence that I really like. And sometimes it's really interesting her confidence throughout the season because she's like, Oh, I've got this. And then she'll usually be like, "Mm, maybe probably we'll see. Um, but there's still like this level of, you can believe her. She'll get there somehow, but you can trust her. Um, and maybe that's a little, maybe she suffers from a little bit of imposter syndrome. I don't know when she's, uh, selling herself short sometimes, but, um, I, I think that's, I think that's really great from her that she has this confidence. And I think you guys might've mentioned this before, um, confidence without being arrogant, too arrogant about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think honestly, um, a lot of my favorite moments really did have to do with like the doctor, but like, I think my favorite moment was really like that scene and Rosa Parks at the end with the bus. Oh yeah. Like, mm. I don't think. Yes. Yeah. So moving. Got me the way that scene did and how Graham was like, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, I don't yeah. want to be there. And the doctor yes. was like tough. Like, and it was kind of like where like Rosa Parks would always remember these four people as like the ones that caused her, or at least the two people like Graham and, um, the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, as the ones she had, you know, she had to refuse to get up for and stuff like that. And just the way that it was like handled and how it just pulled at your, your heartstrings, you know, you're just like, wow. And then the music that came with it and everything. And it was just, it was really, really intense. And I think that's the one moment of the season that stuck out the most. Yeah. It yeah. was like super. Intense. That was powerful. It really was. So, um, any quotes or anything that you guys really loved from the season? I, there's one in the, well, let's get a shift on is my favorite thing, but (laughs) (laughs) I have, I I mean, uh, you've seen them, Monica, I have buttons that say the, this, that I passed out at Target, Chicago Target this year. And I still have some of them, but I just give them to random people and they're very funny. And people always ask me, because I have it on my coat that I wear around, like now it's cold in the winter time. People are always like, strangers they're like what is this and I'm like don't worry about it um so it's my favorite thing for people to just be weirded out by now in general um but uh there's a quote that she says when she's trying to jump um on the cr- to the crane right across the gap in the first episode and she says something like if you want something do it and oh my yeah God. that was my favorite quote right out of the gate it's funny because no one, I guess there's so many good quotes in the first episode, especially the, um, you know, mm-hmm. we're not the, you know, if you want, you can make a great change. You don't have to stay the way yeah, you like are. Yeah, like we're the most incredible. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. And that sentiment, people are so hooked on that. They kind of overlook the, this other one. But I really liked her saying, if you want something, do it. Because that's just kind that of That is uh, a great point. Um, that's kind of a thing I try to tell myself sometimes so like oh god this speaks to me Um, and I feel like it was underrated so that I think that's a really good quote that's a great quote and it's awesome I like it cool yeah that's great um I can't remember the exact words um because it's like (laughs) where I am but um it's definitely it's from her first episode and where she's talking about um 
you, you, you know, like the whole hearkening back to who you were and stuff like that in your history. And I, th- because I do think that was like really important, like we mentioned earlier, really important for, I think the characters and their arcs this season. So I really think that helped kind of like set the tone and remind everyone that like, yes, of course, this is the doctor. It has always been the doctor. It will always be the doctor. And, you know, just because there's a new cast, so there's a new, um, there's a new crew like this is still this is the heart of the show and I think that was a great reminder that was actually my favorite quote as well and I have it in front of me and I just kind of want to read it because you, yeah. you are so right it's oh good, good because right now um I'm a stranger to myself there's echoes of who I was and a call towards who I am and I have to hold my nerve and trust all these new instincts shape myself mm-hmm. towards them and I feel like that's like something that like that's like every doctor's first season, right? It's like they all kind of mm-hmm. encompass that feeling of like, yeah, they're a little bit this, but they're becoming their own doctor and their own thing. But it's also something that like that we all as like humans like go through in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. like me 10 years ago, I don't recognize that girl. Like I remember 10 years ago, but I am not that girl. I am a completely different woman than I was 10 years ago, you know? everything oh, yeah. from points of view yeah. and changes and everything, you know, and not that there was anything wrong with me before, but I am so different. And so not, you know, same casing, different, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. different yes. me or whatever. But, um, but I just think that that, that encompasses so much of like every doctor's first year regeneration and also just us as humans, just trying to like, grow and evolve and be better than we were the last time around, you know, the last year. Yeah. I think it was, I I think that line in particular was also a nice like callback to Matt Smith's regeneration that he was like, you know, the whole, as long as you remember all the people you used to be like, you know, this is still me. This is still who I am. And I'm not going to forget that just as I've not forgotten all of my other lives. Like it was a nice, like, beginning half of that, you know, like the seeing it from a new regeneration's point of view as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And I agree completely. Um, so every doctor's speaking of which, every doctor's first season out the door is a little interesting because we're just getting accustomed to them. Possibly we're still mourning the previous incarnation. Um, do you feel 13's first season like where do you feel like her first season ranked compared to other doctors? So I don't like to compare doctors to each other. I feel like that's unfair, but I will say that the flavor of Jody, like the flavor of what Chibnall has been giving us really reminds me of David Tennant's early seasons, right? Like season two, think about like new earth, right? People, you know, again, not gonna, I'm not going to comment so mm. much on the, you know, people who are ridiculous online, but I will say this about it. It's like they totally forgot how that was when it was happening. I'm like, okay, if you guys think this stuff is ridiculous, do you remember when there was like a skin, a piece <laughs> of skin and putting like in Rose's body because that was what was happening. So just remember that and you all liked it. So don't talk to me. Um, you all liked you it. You all liked it and you know you did. Um, yeah. So that's that's why I find it really funny sometimes. But I do think like Chibnall is a little bit more mature in how he presents like a happier idea or a brighter idea, but it still is a lot brighter than what we were getting out of Moffat for a lot of the time. 
I don't dislike that or like it better. Mm-hmm. It just is. You know, Moffat wrote, especially Capaldi, to be a heavier kind of doctor. And I feel like people have forgotten what it is to have like a lighter doctor, a lighter storyline. And they think it has no substance because of that for some reason. Um, it could also just be the syndrome of the new season, as you were just saying, like the, you know, a new doctor, a new showrunner. But I really do think it is because, you know, people have uh, been under this sort of blanket if they don't know how to receive or look at Doctor Who in a more nuanced way um, and haven't done that for a while. So it's really easy for them to critique it in a way that's almost lazy. I don't know. I really, I, I thought it was good. So I'm not upset. <laughs> I thought this season was great. I'm, I'm not, not a threat. I'm a threat too. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Um, yeah, I guess I don't like the comparing, doing too much comparisons either, because I think like, again, they all have like their different strengths and, and, the characters and you love the doctors for different reasons and the companions for different reasons. Um, so I think it's, it's interesting. Cause I was thinking about this today. I feel mm-hmm. like I need to do a hard rewatch um, of the new who and just like start from the beginning because I, I took a break for a couple years and then went back to it. But I feel like I, it's not until like sometimes the end of a season or like later on that I, I fully appreciate everything else. Um, like, uh, like I think Clara's character, I feel like I didn't fully appreciate her until oh, her death, okay. <laughs> which is weird to say. Um, <laughs> like, it's weird to say, but I feel like it wasn't until like her death that I was like, oh my gosh, like all of this comes together in like a really interesting way. Um, and so I, I almost feel like I don't want to pass like a judgment or anything on this season quite right. yet. Um, because one, it is just like, we're still getting used to her. We're still getting used to the companions. Um, and the writing style again, like before I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about like the, the plot arc. But again, when I'm when I'm reframing it as but look at how the characters grew, I feel like that was that's what I was looking for in this season overall. Um, and I was super satisfied with that. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I could necessarily compare it um, to the others without doing a full rewatch and reanalyzing literally every moment, um, which is sometimes fun to do, but also it's sometimes just fun to enjoy it and go along with the ride. And I love that you both kind of felt that way where you're like, you know what? I don't want to compare. Um, and I think that that's um, very difficult in Doctor Who to like not compare mm-hmm. because especially in, you know, we've all seen the online comments or like the, you know, get rid of Chibnall, we want Moffat back, but for how long were they screaming, you know, get get rid of yeah. Moffat kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I, think, I think that, like, you know, sometimes, like, we as fans, we start to nitpick and compare, like, way too much, like, where instead of just enjoying the show and just watching it, where, you know, we're nitpicking, we're looking, we're, like, hoping for things, and there are some really great techniques that Moffat did, like the, um, crack in the wall and like things mm-hmm. like that where they you know they had you kind of mm-hmm. hooked and so the I almost feel like sometimes we're like kind of trained to like look for all these little tiny sub, you know sub uh subliminal little sub threads threads yeah right. and like even with like mm-hmm. little things where like 
in Donna Noble season where she kept mentioning, oh, well, the bees disappeared. Right. And then at the end of the you know, season, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the bees were like actually a thing and they helped them find the yeah. yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? So like, I feel like we're always looking for that. Like maybe the show itself trained us to be like on the lookout for these little things. Mm-hmm. And so we forget to just watch it. Yeah. Because we're spending so much time um nitpicking or comparing it or comparing doctors because you know i i understand losing a doctor is hard because i've lost you know yeah i've lost 12 (laughs) i get it i get it i lost you know 12 different doctors but like you know sometimes we need to just chill yeah and i think it's like i agree with you guys like i don't know how it would rank as far as i think i really liked it as far as a first season for jody in general Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but like I started with Matt Smith and then did a rewatch and I loved Matt Smith's first season and I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people were kind of like, Oh, well he's too this, he's too that. And I get it. So I, I yeah. wouldn't rank them in any kind of order, but it did remind me a little bit of Matt Smith, the feelings I got when I was watching Matt Smith's first season, which was exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so there's been a lot of discussions, obviously, among Whovians about the new direction of the show, from everything from casting a female doctor to the music to even the Christmas episode being swapped for a New Year's Day special. What were your overall feelings about the new direction of the show? What did you like or dislike? I I pretty much, I don't think I can think of a thing I strongly dislike that's just, you know, something that would not be, okay, they did that, let's move on, who cares about you know, I, I feel like you could pick those bits out of every season of Doctor Who, like, oh, I disagree with that, but they did it anyway. So I don't feel like that's that important to get into personally. But um, I really enjoyed the new attitude of, like, Jodie's attitude is very refreshing. I love Capaldi, let me tell you, first of all. I love a curmudgeoned, um, mm-hmm. like, salt and pepper haired you know, dude who is like, I, you know, I'm grumpy. I love those characters so, so much in everything, in all media. So I love Capaldi a lot. But it's just Jodi is so infectious in her, in her, you know, energy and her attitude and her ability to say, you know, stick with me. We're going to get through this and we're going to, um, we're going to make it work. And Chibnall really brings that to the table in a way that I think is surprising for him because a lot of people said that he, they were suspicious that he could make a series like that based on the fact that one of his biggest, um, you know, TV series to date is a super dark, um, depressing TV series. That everyone is very yeah, familiar I'm with. Yeah, about broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, and and it, I don't think it really comes across as much as, which is a good thing, uh, meaning that he is a very talented person, um, as you know, it could. I don't think that Broadchurch really defines anything personally. But again, there were a lot of naysayers, whatever. Um, but I also just think the idea of of bringing back a really solid the way that they did this sort of solid team TARDIS where we had them the whole time with us instead of, you know, we've had a team TARDIS Mm -hmm. before that was, you know, on and off, especially in the more recent 
seasons of Doctor Who. So maybe you would get River once in a while, or you'd get, you know, uh, Rory's dad once in a while. But it would just really be Amy and then Rory. Uh, but we got a consistent team TARDIS, which I think every time that happens in Who, I think it's really strong. And as we were talking about before, when you do it really well, you get these really great characters that flesh themselves out that are incredibly relatable, not just one of them, but all of them. Um, so yeah, that's a great point. I think that's, uh, I just, I again, I can't tell you I disliked anything. I thought it was fairly strong for a swap in the tone. Like, I, I, let me say it's not fairly strong, it's incredibly strong to swap the entire tone of the show, arguably. Just something that's like this mm -hmm. and have an entire set of characters and a new doctor fleshed out so well. Fair. Fair point. Yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Uh, it's really important, I think, with what you said about the, the tonal shift that as much as I think, like, again, those some of those arcs this year has been... Well, let's say I, yeah. Humanity Sucks <laughs> is kind of a running theme through some of those episodes, but still how optimistic it is how optimistic the doctor continues to be because she's seen so much already that she's still just like, I'm still going to bet on humanity, no matter what else. I'm still going to, I'm still going to bet that there are good people out there. Um, and I, I love that that is a driving force of the season. Like I'm not, I haven't oh. seen Broadchurch, so I'm not familiar with like the rest of um, Chibnall's style, but I also know that like Broadchurch was uh, from what I've heard is like, it's all about heartbreak. Um, and Dr. Yeah, Who can be very, like that too. It's dark. <laughs> but, it's a um, dark show. Yeah. That's yeah. All. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and of course, Dr. Who can get there. Um, but I, I did like that optimism that 13 is bringing. Um, yeah, that I, I, I've just enjoyed that so much. Absolutely. I agree. And I think for me, like one of the hardest things that I had was um, I had a really hard time with the idea of like no Christmas special or like all these different things like mm -hmm. kind of changing. Like, you know, we lost, um, you know, Maury Gold and the music oh, yeah. was be different. And so I was really kind of nervous yeah. about everything, even though I kind of wasn't letting on. But like I was very nervous about like a lot of changes that were going on. And I was heartbroken over the Christmas special not being like there but when it all came and it was said and done I actually enjoyed it being on New Year's because like then we could just hang out and be at like at home versus like you know running around for like Christmas reasons and Christmas is so chaotic so when it was actually on New Year's I was like oh this is way better mm -hmm. like this is like way more chill I'm not leaving family or ignoring family to go like watch an episode of Doctor Who on Christmas Day like I'm actually like being able to just sit back and relax and watch this show so I don't know what I was so scared about and <laughs> the music were like I was a little bit nervous and there were some parts of like during um, uh, 13's first episode, there was like some moments where like, I felt like I really needed like that, like just kind of very like sci-fi-ish, like backdrop music or, and even some of her, like what I noticed about like Matt Smith mm -hmm. was in his run, the music was so dramatic. Yeah. Like, for mm -hmm. the littlest things, for the smallest things. And, but it made the show kind of like, feel more dramatic and more impactful 
even though the actual moment was kind of lame if you took the music out. And so there was a few times in 13's run where I was like, oh, this would have been a way better moment if the music had been more cheesy and more dramatic and more out there. Mm -hmm. But also I noticed that like in resolution, the music change was like so fast paced and so fun that like my heart was like beating and I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, especially where she's like driving on the freeway, that girl Lynn uh, on the highway. And she's like, you know, on our way to the black archive. The music for that was like so good because I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? It was like so ominous, you know, and it was very different. But, and I think that like, I shouldn't have been so silly about being weird about the music. Like, like they know what they're doing. They've been running the show for so long. Like, you know, why, why am I freaking out over nothing? So no, I kind of felt that. I remember when I first watched the ep- the first episode, I didn't have any strong feelings for the music because, again, yeah. we've been used to Murray Gold, and he is more bombastic, I think, as a, as a style. Um, but I loved it. Like it always seemed to fit the 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 scene that it was in, whether or not it was like purposely supposed to be more epic than it was and stuff like that. Like it, I always felt like it worked, and I, I noticed it was more understated this this year and I don't think that's necessarily a a bad thing again I think like we need to get used to the music just as you do anything else um but I think it was also important just the way that they used like silence that there was Mm -hmm. no music going on in certain scenes that but it still didn't feel flat it was still like it's probably a testament to the sound designers that they're able to balance the music and the sound you know that it it still doesn't feel like it's just like a, a static moment at all um which I think is difficult to do when you're so used to, you know, in movies and films, a lot of soundtracks being constant in a way um, that I think that was it, it's still something that I'm personally getting used to, but it's not something that I dislike. But I do love the Doctor's new theme. Like I just I, I it's a real and just sci fi and fantasy in a way that I just I, I love it to death. Um and going back, sorry, to um, about like the I, I didn't mind the Christmas to the New Year's thing. I think it's, you know, I, I feel like it was more of an event than actually using those for the storytelling purposes for the most part, um, except for like uh, yeah. the Christmas Carol episode. It was very much yeah. like a Christmas episode, which I loved because I love that story. Um, and so I didn't mind the shift, although I will say knowing that the Daleks were coming back, I was like slightly anxious that I was like, please be Nick Briggs, please be Nick Briggs. Like, I really hoped that it wasn't going to be someone else. Like, I'm sure someone else would have done a fantastic job. But for me, Nick Briggs is my Dalek. He's your Dalek. (laughs) He's my Dalek. And what's funny about that, too, is that like, I kind of had hope. Like, watching the episode, I would have wished they would have kept that a secret. Because, like, when... I remember watching Mm -hmm. The Magician's Apprentice. um, And when you find out when, like, the little kid, he says, like, Davros, my name is Davros. And it was such a, like, (gasps) moment, right? right? Like, everybody lost their... Like, the fandom lost their minds, right? When they see this little kid, right? And, like, I loved that moment so... So much. It was just one of the best moments of Doctor Who, in my opinion, ever, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, like, in season 10, where, like, the master takes his, like, <laughs> the, the mask off and, like, reveals himself as, like, you know, the master and not Bill's 
you know, janitor friend. Right, or whatever. Yeah. I think that if we didn't know Johnson's was coming back and they had just like revealed him, we'd have lost our freaking minds. But we yeah. knew he was coming yes. back. So yeah, it was a shock, but it wasn't that like we would have been like hollering like, oh my God, you know? Although I, I, because I ended up binge watching that season with Bill, I didn't, I knew that Johnson was coming right. back in some way, shape or form, but I was just slow or something, but I did not connect that he was the janitor. I was just like, that guy looks familiar. And I didn't put two and two together. Okay, let me bring up something that's kind of fun. Based on what you guys are talking about, like leaking information, right? I'm sure you've heard of this. This is related, but it's sort of a lighter idea and how the fandom is very funny. So have you heard the idea of uh, that people will pick and choose what they think that they purposely leaked from the show to get attention? Yes. So, really? uh, so I don't doubt it. Oh, no, I don't. But there's like a list. Like what you're talking about is on the list. Yeah. And people will talk about, well, I think this was leaked on purpose, but I think this was done from someone else. And it's hilarious because people have all these theories of why the BBC would do it. It's like the most harmless conspiracy theories out there that why these things get leaked. But I agree with the, I don't understand why they were just sort of letting the Dalek thing um, like leak out like you were saying you know yeah if they had never told us about John Sim it would have been so much better I feel like why did they ever why did they let the Dalek thing go so close to the airing of the episode exactly because and and I think that it might be because so many people complained yeah. about the season in general. Yeah. And then we're complaining that there was no Christmas episode. Oh, that's true. And I felt like it was a way to, like, shut the fans up. Like, you know what? Like <laughs> a damn Dalek. Stop being a bunch tune of Grinches. In, okay? Just tune in and you'll get a damn shut Dalek. Up. But, like... <laughs> um, but, like... There's nothing here I really wish they would And then people are... People are online complaining about the Dalek. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god, that's another thing that I was oh like, my are god, you serious? So people just are complaining stop. about the Dalek. Just oh, well, stop. They, they reimagined it. I'm like, dude, the dude <laughs> rebuilt himself out of a Sheffield like. No. Give him. Right. Give him some. Give him some credit, episode? okay? Like. Yeah. <laughs> although I love the evil parallel right? with like, the Doctor making her Sonic and the Dalek making his own outfit that I love. Hey, I, love. I was like, yeah. Ooh, evil peril. Oh, I, I didn't even it. notice. That's why you said that right now. I get it. Sheffield Steel. <laughs> the Daleks are made of Sheffield yeah, Steel. Oh, yeah. But, but, mm. yeah. If it's good enough, if it's good enough for a sonic screwdriver, it's good enough Apparently. for a Dalek. But also, well, maybe it was also yeah. in response. <laughs> I wonder if it was also in response to, I feel like some of the criticism early on and throughout was that there was no like, um, classic or old or reoccurring villains or anything this season, right. which isn't, I, I yeah. can see, I can understand that and being like, oh, it would have been nice to have like, you know, an odd something early on. Cool. But yeah. like, I don't think that's going to be the entirety of Jody's run. Right. You know, right. like, obviously, we're going to see somebody, some no. of these old guys again. Like, they're not just going to suddenly write out the Daleks in the Cybermen. Like, <laughs> they're just, they're not going to do no. that. No. And then there's, of course, the back, back in, you know, Capal- like Capaldi's run, where we have the ice warriors that show up again. People are mad about mm-hmm. that when it happened. It's just 
again, demonstrative that people are never happy and why do you still watch the show? Yeah. But they explain yeah. all the time and keep watching. I don't understand. So uh, part of my New Year's resolution is actually to like put some more positive things out there because I love Doctor Who. And even the things that like don't make sense to me or whatever, I just kind of go with it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I love Doctor Who and it kills yeah. me to go onto like the BBC America, like Doctor Who Instagram or something like that and see people commenting mm-hmm. the things that they comment. They're like, Doctor Who is dead. This show, you guys ruined the show. I'm like, why are you watching? Just stop watching. Like, like it's, it's like going to kill you. It's the most petty thing I've ever seen. Like, I'm going to continue yeah. to help your ratings by watching this show so I can bitch about it afterwards. I'm like, then stop watching it. Like, wow. Like, are you serious? Like, that's something I don't understand about fandom. I mean, like, we see that in the Star Wars one, of course, that it's like, oh, this is this is dying. It's like, oh, but God. it had like a strong opening and celebration is essentially like sold out right. like like this like I, I don't get it like if you don't like a thing it's okay to stop watching no one's gonna like break into your house and sit you in front of the television like you can just stop and no one's gonna blame you either no one's gonna be like why aren't you watching that like right. you, you move on it's okay and like there's some people that like especially like in the cosplay community that are so upset about this season and I get it like it's not your doctor you loved whatever other doctor or whatever and they feel like their whole life is wasted now because they can't cosplay anybody they relate to in this season i'm like like are we taking it a little I seriously no like you know you cosplay <laughs> other fandoms you can move on like it's okay to be like i'm not a doctor who fan anymore i was but it's just not for me anymore and it's okay to come back to it whenever the hell you feel like it like it's just you know, every doctor's different and it's not for everybody. And that's okay. Like, we don't have to, like, leave really mean threats on the BBC websites. Like, yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I have no – I could go on about this forever on why <laughs> this is ridiculous for various reasons. That's a whole other episode. Um, it's, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a whole other issue that I have. I just think back to, you know, when – now, in, in fairness, I only was in, like, good communities back when Christopher Eccleston regenerated mm. to tenant. So uh, people were, like – I was in, like, crazy – Dr. Rose. There's there's been this live journal called Oh God. It was a it was like a Dr. Rose ship live journal that was very good. And all the people who were in it when Nine and Rose were were together stayed it. When Ten and Rose were together. And it was like a really, really good community to be in a live journal like oh six, oh seven. And they were all great people. And that was also on, you know, Facebook was in its great infancy where you don't have all these angry people shouting on it either. Yeah. So in fairness, you were kind of go looking for all this if you really wanted to see some hateful stuff. Like, you, I guess Gallifrey Base, not even Gallifrey Base, back then I can recall people being so mad about things or, uh, you know, because it is a moderated forum. Uh, anyway, so I don't think I started seeing it really badly until people, you know, felt the loss of David Tennant which was huge for mm-hmm. people. That was huge. And um, and I love I love Matt. I love them all. That's the thing. I love all of them. So to me, I was like, I don't care. It's upsetting, but we're gonna move on with ourselves and just go with this. Okay. 
but people are so enraged about David Tennant becoming massive. But then, you know, Matt Smith welcomed all these people to the fandom, so it kind of died down yeah. after a yeah. while. Like it kind of, the new people coming into the fandom kind of overshadowed the negativity. So it just kind of coasted. And then there was new negativity yeah. with Peter Capaldi, and now this. It's just, again, it cycles and it cycles and it cycles. That's how yeah. we go. And I get it. <laughs> Like, and now that we won't be seeing Doctor Who until 2020, which is very hard, <laughs> um, what do you guys <laughs> hope to see once we get season 12? I would like to see, um, well, people want Miss, Missy back, people want River back. I agree with both of that. I would love to see, I think, if Mill can, can conquer the um, overt, you know, the doctor has a wife thing with a female doctor. Um, he's the one who has been able to take those risks and willing to put, you know, um, put, you know, people who have disabilities on screen with Ryan and talking about dyspraxia and things like that. He's willing to put the Rosa Parks story on screen and write a very impactful commentary about that entire piece of the civil rights movement. He's putting on screen demons of the Punjab, which is like a huge issue uh, in England and India and Pakistan. That's a whole thing. That, you know, like uh, you had said, Kristen, that a lot of people are really unaware of, even in the UK, they don't really teach that. And that's part of their history, and they started mm. it, so they should know about it, but they don't. Yeah, right? And, um, you know, it's, I really want to have, I really hope that they, I really have hope for, like, what the future of, you know, Chibnall's going to do and where he's going to go next. And I really do think he's willing to take those risks that I think have paid off for the series. But that have set a, a really interesting tone for the series. Yeah, I agree. I I love the the risks and the new directions that they've taken. Um, so I do want that to continue. Mm-hmm. I do want that, and I, I want the tone to continue as well. You know, it can. I think it can change as it goes on. Like that's that's fine. But I do like what they've kind of set for themselves. Mm-hmm. I want the fam to grow even closer together. Um, I don't even want to think about anyone leaving anytime soon. So I hope they stay like forever, all three of them. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I wouldn't mind seeing old people return, but I would also be okay. Like Missy and anyone else, like, but I would also be okay if they didn't happen for a while, because I think like, you know, it's still good to get used to these, um, to these companions, um, but, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, one thing, oh, one thing that I do think I want to see more of that we didn't quite get enough of, I think this season was how much the companions are learning about the doctor. Oh, that they're kind of just good. like, oh, they're learning point. tiny things at a time, but nothing Maybe because, like, say with 10 and, and 11, like, the weight of believing that they had destroyed Gallifrey had been so, and and 9, of course, um, was so part of, like, their journey that that really weighed on them. And Jodi doesn't necessarily have that anymore, but I think, like, she, she still has that weight in a sense that, like, she still lived with that for so long. Um, and just other things like that, like, the loss that she suffered either through just having to break with the 
Gallifreyans breaking with the Time Lords that she's like, no, I am not yeah. them anymore. Like this Earth is Earth is essentially her home. And like kind of delving more into that, like what are they learning about her? That what exactly is a Time Lord? You know, why do you have a TARDIS? How come we don't, you know, why do you care about Earth so much? Like I, I want to see them kind of explore her and learn more about her, whether it's her, you know, anything about her history, other companions, or even just like her moral um, or ethical questions that she's had to face in the past. I think that that I would love to see. That's so good that you bring that up because I didn't even think about anything like that. And like, oh my God, what if they, right now they think she's like this happy, super nice one, but what what are they going to do when they find out that she, you know, basically committed genocide to try to get the Daleks, you know, removed from the world. And what if they find out about all the terrible things the doctor has done in the past Mm -hmm. and like, don't see her the same or whatever. I think like, yeah, if anybody could write it, it would be Chibnall. Yeah. You know, Cause he knows how to write stuff like that. Yeah. But that's dang, true. I hadn't even thought of that. Wow. That might suck. Yeah. No, like suck for the companion to find out the doctor isn't this like perfect happy yeah. person or whatever that she's got this terrible dark side. Like, you know? Yeah. Because I think like a lot of other companions have had that moment of doubt. Um, but ultimately, it all comes back. Like, I, I'm thinking oh, yeah. of the moment with um, where 12 says that he's not going to let Missy live while Clara holds, like, essentially a gun to her that, because he doesn't want that to weigh on Clara. But she's like, you're going to let her walk away. That she's like, I can't believe after all of this you would do that. And he's like, no, of course not. And then, you know, in a way she does. Um, and then even Bill's reaction with that, like, later on meeting Missy and the master, Um like little moments like that, those conflicts, I think, would be interesting and heartbreaking probably to explore. Um, but I think they'll all come out together stronger because of it. Yeah, because there's that point where like Martha even is like, that's it. Like, True. I won't travel with you anymore if you don't start telling me who the hell you are. You know what I mean? Yes. I loved that moment. Yeah. And then even Donna. Oh, that was so defining for her, I felt. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then like Donna in that scene where like I think it's the doctor's daughter where like you know she's with Jenny and the doctor says you know I've had children before and Donna's like oh my god you talk and you talk but you don't say anything that matters like yeah like what do you mean you've had children before you know like yeah yeah like is is the doctor gonna suddenly talk about like you know, like, oh, yeah, when I traveled with my granddaughter and Graham's like, wait a second. Like, you know, like I just I even if it's a funny moment or not, like I want something like that, too. Right. right. Oh, that's so interesting. I just want Doctor Who back. Like, I would really like that we don't do these long. I don't want to wait. Anymore. Like, that's my only hope. Like, can we just have it like every year and not Sherlock this like, every couple years? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, do this guys yeah it, it's and, like a long yeah, time so we're not gonna get it for another year like that hurts it was like I'm used know. to like like I'm used to my American shows like if they're off for a, a year that means they've been canceled <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah I can't do that it was really hard for me like to like deal with Game of Thrones being gone for as long as it did but I knew that it was gonna be like all right this is the end that's why they're, it's going to yeah. be super epic for like three episodes. Mm. But like, <laughs> but you know, with Doctor Who, we know it's right. not the end. 
So like, right. just give it to me. Like, yeah, I know you have it. Give no. me what I want. That's uh, <laughs> give it to me. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's not ideal that, you know, there's gaps. I feel like a lot of people lose interest sometimes when they get really upset and it's frustrating. Absolutely. I agree. The upside is I now have time to rewatch all the others again. Oh, so that's true. Wow. Look at you. Positive thinking. There you go. <laughs> Looking on the oh, bright yeah. side. <laughs> yeah. There's also a really good list. Um, you can find it on Tumblr, but people pass it around. Usually it, it's a few years old now, but uh, I think it's been added to since this first started to circulate that uh, people Ooh. put together something like the best bang finish. Uh, oh, audio to listen to during that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's a really cool. I do want to get into those. Yeah, they're so good. Like Paul McGann is the best, and he is so good in those audios. They will floor you. His uh, eighth doctor ones that he has. There is series. There's a specific set of them that start off how he separated from like what they call the main range of them, and he did them with um. The, his companion is called Lucy Miller. Her real name is Sheridan Smith. And they came out in 2006. <laughs> and yes, I did listen to them in 2006. Oh, yeah. But um, it was bit that was like very, uh, or it was oh, like early 07. But that was very early when I like really got into Doctor Who. And um, they were some of the best things I had ever heard. I was like, oh, my God. And they originally aired them on BBC Seven Radio. And then they put them out as uh, CDs. But there's four series of those and they're 10 uh volume each so it's like 40 titles that encompass like all that story and I would start with that because it's so good I remember you talking about that on your last episode with Monica and I was like I remember thinking like oh man I need to like put this on my list so it's it's on my list twice now um I think they used to have it the first two titles are a two the first title is a two-parter so it's one and two called Blood of the Daleks 1 and 2 and they used to have it for free on Spotify. Oh. Time to re-download and Spotify. I'm literally looking for it right now to see if I can confirm that for you. Like on Spotify. Uh, because they used to have like select big finish titles on Spotify to, to, so people would try them out before purchasing. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe it's been about a year since I looked. No, it's still there. <gasps> Yay! So you can, it's great. Go, That's awesome. Yes. Yep. There you go. Um, start there. And then you can get into the rest of it if you like it. Sweet. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. Any last thoughts before we log off here? Um, I really like this season a lot. And I'm really happy with the way Doctor Who is going. And I'm really excited for the future and I love Jody so much and I love you know um all I love you know a lot of the different elements Chibnall has brought to the season I think he's really well thought out in terms of like how he presents everything and I think he's, he really likes Doctor Who every time I've heard him talk about Doctor Who and what he hopes to do with it it makes me very hopeful hey. agreed uh, like I Jody is magnificent and fantastic, as Nine would say. Um, I just, I love her so much. I love what she brings, what Jody brings, what each of the companions and their actors bring. Um, 
I just, I'm just really optimistic to this new era of Doctor Who. Um, and I really just can't wait to see where it's going to take us next. That's so cool. And I really, I feel exactly like you guys do. I, I love the season. I thought it was great, you know, and, um, I'm really excited. I just wanted to come back. <laughs> I know, <Let's> go. <laughs> but it's great talking about it. I'm like, I'm also so glad that I have like Whovian friends to discuss this with now. <laughs> exactly. And we have a ton of Dr. Who conventions, um, you know, this year, obviously we have Gallifrey one coming up, which is like, great mm-hmm. place to like kind of catch up and talk Doctor Who, Chicago TARDIS, Long Island Who. There's just so much going on in the Doctor Who-verse and like you said, the audio series and everything and it's an excellent time for the rewatch. So, hey. Yes. All right, guys. Well, this is going to wrap up this episode of the Tuple Geek Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handles Temple of Geek. Do you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows? Why don't you head over to templegeek.com? There you will find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you, Taylor and Kristen, so much for joining us on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. (laughs) I'm really happy to have you guys on. I've been Monica, and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.